Why do I have grown up Christmas lists stuck in my head? Because you're feeling chaotic tonight? Mm, it's getting hectic in here. It's getting chaotic. It's not. You're just jumping from genre to genre, <laughs> and mean, I'm getting so you, confused. You said chaotic, and so what else? So you thought one? of the classic tele- Emmy deserving television I show? I mean, I didn't say all that. <laughs> I thought of a great song attached to a TV project of Britney's. Is it a good song? It's okay. It's weird. Oh, okay. But there were several songs on that chaotic EP that were excellent, like especially "Over to You Now," which is a great song. I didn't know there was a whole like EP. There was of. Okay, I did and not know that. I did over, not know, know Britney slash Kevin music was released. Well, no, Kevin's not on it. Oh, <laughs> it's so it's just, just Britney. And it's um, chaotic and over to you now. And then also, I think Someday I Will Understand is on that. I remember when that premiered and like a bunch of girls came into school the next day, the day it premiered, and they were just like, guys, we don't know how we feel about Britney anymore. <laughs> she was, she was. It was it was weird. It was all just weird. She it was, was just weird. talking about art, like I mean, that painting. She just the thing is, you look at it now as an adult, and it's just like, oh, you are so high this entire show. And it's like, uh, as as kids, we didn't need to see Britney like that. No, she was our teen queen, it was, it our was pop princess. to oh. put her like oh, I that. I mean, I mean, now we see why. Okay, sorry. There was, <laughs> we thought there was an issue, but there wasn't. No, there was like a little blip, and then it stopped recording, and then. You know what? There's a lot of blips today. No, I stopped the recording. Oh, you accidentally a, stopped the recording. No, I didn't accidentally. I, I thought we weren't seeing the waveforms from earlier, so I thought there was oh, a problem. Oh. Yeah. I was confused. Uh, clearly. I'm sorry. I'm thinking a mile a minute right now because chaos just ensued. It all came crashing down just now, guys. Not, oh, my God. I love that like, the smallest thing at the Oscars is like a huge, earth-shattering event to you. It's, it's like when that whole La La Land thing happened with Well, Moonlight. that was earth-shattering. That was much bigger that, that than this. That was wild. That, I, yes, but <laughs> this was also chaotic as It well. just was a mess. We'll talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome back to another Two Gay Mats podcast. It's Matt Steele. It's Matt Palmer. And I'm going to talk for a while because guys... <laughs> The Academy Awards just happened. Yes, we, we just been, watched them. We just watched them, like literally got done, what, like half an hour ago? Yeah. And we've been waiting for over a year for them. It's been the longest awards season of all time. Wow. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like there is a rule that every two years, the award ceremony has to be pure chaos. Because I mean, 2016 ceremony, like the whole La La Land Moonlight thing happened. Yeah. The whole 2018 thing was like the whole Glenn Close. And then they didn't put Carol in the in memoriam section. And I like was freaking out. Oh. And then this one. What was Glenn just, Close thing happened in 2018? Well, she lost. Oh. <laughs> but she was like the presumed front runner. And oh. everyone was like, we're getting ready for Glenn Close to finally have an Oscar. Uh, Olivia Coleman oh. for the favorite. Um, and so, so it was just like a very chaotic ceremony this time yeah. as well. My heart's still pounding a little bit. Film Twitter is going nuts. Mm. I guess, do we start from the beginning? <laughs> you can start from wherever you'd like. Um, I just am going to start this all by saying I am very excited to watch a Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion, which was airing at the same time. So we cannot take three hours talking about the Oscar telecast. So if you could just try to point out the highlights, that would be helpful for me. Well, how about you just like leave the room, keep it going, no. I'll be recording, no. and then you can watch your reunion. I will not. So the Oscars started with a lovely, quaint Brilliantly done red carpet thing where that I loved because they were focusing solely on the nominees, which mm. they rarely do a lot of times. They're just like, here's Jennifer Aniston. And I'm just like, <laughs> why do I care about Jennifer Aniston? She's not nominated. 
Well, this time wasn't it like only the nominees and like one guest could even go or like be in that yeah, main room were, or something? There were fewer people right. there. So they really took the time to really focus on the nominees and everything because few celebrities were there just to present. Um, so that was that. And, I, and, you know, I was like, OK, this is going to really focus on like the art and the craft and everything. We filmed Oscars. People are going to love it. Right. And the outdoor space also looked gorgeous. Oh, it did look it was, very, they very did a nice. beautiful job setting. I was up. very into the fashion, loved it. Um, so we go in and then it starts and it's kind of like, oh, instead of like showing clips of the movies and everything, we're going to talk about like the actors or like the costume designers, like inspirations when they uh-huh. were younger, why they decided to go into the field and all that kind of stuff, which is a very nice thing to do. But as an, uh, I thought it was fine. I enjoyed it, but I also have seen all of these movies. Mm. So I imagine if you haven't seen the movies, yeah, you want to see, you're kind of like, I don't know what I'm rooting right. for. Like the Oscars are essentially just like a big commercial, right. you know? So people are rooting for something by the end. So they didn't show that. I have a theory as to why that. What's happen. your theory? My theory, I heard somewhere and I don't know if this is all true, but that the Oscars did not sell to a few of their like foreign countries that they usually sell to. Mm, okay. Cause uh, like every year foreign countries pay the Academy to broadcast it in their country. Mm-hmm. And this year, apparently some countries were like, we don't need it. You don't need to broadcast <laughs> to us. So I think the Academy lost a lot of money oh. uh, this year. And so I imagine showing clips and showing pieces of p- these people's artwork, like, Cost some money mm. for rights and stuff. I imagine. Okay, this is my thought. Process. I would wonder if they would just give it to them though, since it's the Oscars. That's like the highest I award know, ceremony, I like know. you can like, have as a this film. Is a commercial. Yeah. You know, I, I I don't know. I I don't know. I could be completely wrong. I, wrong I will say, as someone who's seen two of the movies only, which was uh, I've seen I saw Nomadland last night, liked it, and I'd seen Promising Young Woman. I really did not enjoy the like, and thank you so much for your performance. What you did today was such an outstanding. It's like, okay, like that's fine. I just, I'm sure they did a lovely job, but especially they're like three feet away from Daniel Kaluuya and talking about like how his portrayal like moved them. And it's just, it just was a lot. It was just like, just give me the nominees, show me the clips and let's get to it. Well, and I was also very disappointed because the acting clips are my favorite part of the Mm. Oscar ceremony. And when like they don't happen, which is very, very rare. I think like the last time they did show acting clips was like 2002 Mm. um but so i i think that could have been done if if they just like say like what the character was like right describe the character that would have given given people more insight and everything so so yeah but that was fine for me personally because i already seen everything i knew that the speeches were going to be long oh my God. I liked it. No. <laughs> I like a good long speech, but I can see how a viewer wouldn't. A like, viewer who I mean, doesn't care about this wouldn't. I feel like as the show went on, the speech lengths got shorter and shorter just because the people giving the speeches were giving shorter speeches, and I appreciated that. At the beginning, when uh, who, I feel like there were a few people right at the beginning. Well, Daniel Kaluuya, and then also the Another Round guy, which, again, he had a big story to tell. I did not know about his daughter uh, who passed away during production, yeah, all of this. But it's just like, we're borderline rambling like I'm because usually at home when the music comes on you're like oh let them talk let them talk and today I was like please God someone throw some music up here like it's so much well a thing is I know the producers of the Oscars sent a big long email to actors being like make the speeches personal Mm. but the thing is like they also have to ramble, shoot off a bunch of names right. of people to thank. So, like, everyone was trying to do both. Yes. So, it, I can see how it's hard for them, you know? And so, I liked the speeches a lot. Um, Even Daniel Kaluuya being like, my mom and dad had sex. Oh, and- best part. <laughs> and then it cuts right to Daniel Kaluuya's mom, who goes from, like, crying to being like, 
what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that that this moment was good. So funny. It what was a, like an icon. I love Daniel Kaluuya's mom. And of course. Thank you for having sex, ma'am, because your son gave a great performance. <laughs> and and so then I was I was enjoying the ceremony enough, but despite those like little things that I was like, eh, you know, yeah. I was enjoying the ceremony and yeah. everything. Then they present best director, like mm, very early. It was. Which I feel like kind of robbed Chloe Zhao, who was having the most amazing year for a filmmaker, mm. like ever. It kind of, I feel like it kind of robbed her of like that climactic win mm. at the end. But it's like, okay, you know, sometimes it happens. A big category goes early. I imagine they wanted to put it at the front end just to keep people watching. Right. Like, oh, this will be exciting. So I understand that. I was not prepared. When Rita Marino walked out, I was like, wait a minute. I assumed she was presenting best picture, but we have not had leading actor or leading actress yet. You are freaking out. I was freaking out <laughs> because I was like, no, 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 this isn't how it goes. <laughs> like it, it, to me, it's weirder than when the Grammys award record of the year after album of the year, even though album of the year is a bigger award. I can see like now things that are big are very much like the song, the hit and everything. So I can see that more than this. But it's still, you're awarding one thing versus awarding an entire, like the whole, the big trophy of the night is album. Like, no, I feel, and the thing is they made that choice a while ago and they've done it for so many years and people are like, oh no, it's always been like this. And it's like, no, no the it fuck hasn't. it hasn't. But sorry, go on. Album should go at the end of and course. best picture should yes. absolutely go at the yes. end. Yes. And so I was like, oh, my God, they're awarding Best Picture at this time so they can award Best Leading Actor last and have it be a big, dramatic moment because Chadwick Boseman stood a very good chance of winning. Which, okay, I understand a semblance of logic in that. But but you just don't know the results of the awards at this point. So how could you make that call? The safer choice would be best picture at the end. And if Chadwick, you know, won at his moment, it still would be impactful. Yes. So then they award best leading actress, which was like, a, obviously everyone was like waiting for that award. Well, we Oscar buffs were waiting for that award because it was the most unpredictable award category in the past. God knows how long. Mm. Um, and so Frances McDormand won, which is amazing. I her performance in Nomadland is incredible. I think it's probably my favorite Frances McDormand performance. Wow. I think she's amazing. But honestly, any of those nominees would have been worthy winners. Um, and so, but she had already just won the Oscar for producer for Nomadland. So her actress win, she was kind of just like, oh, I just won one of these. <laughs> like, okay, well, I said what I said. Bye. You know, which is kind of great because it's so Frances McDormand. Right. So I kind of loved that. And we were going on three and a half hours at that point <laughs> where I was like, thank you, Fern. I appreciate it. Well, but then I, I was just like, this is a bad idea because obviously like uh, for a long time in this awards, you know, era, Chadwick Boseman was very much the front runner. But then when Anthony Hopkins won the BAFTA, I was like, I feel like Anthony Hopkins is going to win the Oscar, mm. which is great. But, you know, he Anthony Hopkins is truly incredible in The Father, as was, I think, all those Best Actor nominees as well. All, all the acting nominees I thought this year were really exceptional. Um, and so I was like, this could end very badly mm. as I'm watching this. Because, because like, Anthony Hopkins isn't even there. Anthony so Hopkins isn't even there either. And, like, obviously Chadwick Boseman's not there either, right. but his wife is there. Yeah. And they were probably, like, Best Actors going last. So get ready. Like she was probably sitting there waiting for that whole time, like waiting to be like the big climactic part of the show. 
And then I, I think it was just such a rude thing to do to put yeah. Best Picture last, not only because of the Chadwick Boseman situation and his wife waiting there to create, to give this big moment and everything. And then it ended up not happening. I think it was rude to the Nomadland team for not giving them their big climactic moment because best picture is the climactic moment of the ceremony. Like that's what everyone is waiting for. So the fact that they didn't get that moment at as like the finale is, was just rude. Also it's very rude. I think to Anthony Hopkins because Mm. he won and, Everyone, instead of being like, yay, we love Anthony Hopkins. He's amazing. People were just like, what? This ending was a clunker. <laughs> right. You know, everyone was just thinking about, oh, and, and then they just ended. The awards just ended. I know. Then they just like cut to Questlove. He said like three sentences and it was done. Yeah. So I think it's just rude to capitalize on this man's death yeah. to create a big dramatic moment and make it all about that. It, it, and it, it just blew up in their faces. Yeah. It was awkward. It was so awkward was and like, like really upsetting and not what should have happened. No. It like it very much limped along at the end. And it just is like, yeah, it, it, it's like if you don't know the results, the safer choice is to keep things the way they are. Because uh, the Shadow moment, if it were to have happened a little earlier, would have been just as impactful. This is the worst thing that could have happened for them. Mm-hmm. Like if they had just kept things the same and Anthony Hopkins would have won, people would have been like, oh, this isn't what I expected or he's not here. And like, I wanted Chadwick and his family to have their moment. But... You know, but then Nomadland gets their big finale moment. It's over and everyone's happy for a movie that they felt was deserving winning. And it's just crazy that they didn't do that. Yeah, I I don't know how to feel about it. I mean, obviously, I love the Oscars, but it's like, man, I bet I bet those producers are mm. just like, damn, we fucked up. Like <laughs> Steven Soderbergh, who produces probably like he's always one to make a big choice. Mm. And that's why I think he's such an incredible director. If this was his decision, he's probably just like, damn, I it's fucked like, up. I took a swing. What, were, what was the highlight for you, would you say? Um, the highlight, I mean, I loved Regina King. I really mm. liked her. Laura Dern was speaking was lovely. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. Um, I enjoyed it. It was fine. I didn't the I didn't love the like the fact that they were trying to make it so cinematic was like kind of annoying to me. It was just like just just have the show be the show. Cinematic without showing any of the cinema. Exactly. They want, but they wanted to make like the show the film and mm-hmm. it's like this is a show. This is an award show. Like we don't need to have these lenses that like we're seeing the side profile as they win and everyone else is blurry in the back and the lights are streaming through. It's like Okay, like this is an award show. Mm. One thing one thing I will say I appreciated about this ceremony was I felt like it really was for the people in the room. Yeah. Um which which never happens <laughs> like at any award ceremony. Like I really felt like it was to honor the filmmakers in the room, which obviously like we all want and everything. Right. But just the, the actual show impact was was kind of just like what, what's happening? I mean, I personally loved it just because I love any Oscar ceremony. I'm excited to be watching it. But I can imagine, you know, someone like you who yeah. hasn't seen like a bunch of these movies. You're yeah. just like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, it was it was it was fine. You yeah. know, I think it happened. I think uh, Eugene Yoon was. Oh, yes. That iconic. Was great. What a speech. Iconic. What a speech. It's amazing. She is the second Asian woman to win an Oscar for acting. And the first was Mayushi Umeki for 1957. So it's been a oh while. Oh, my God. Uh, so and her speech was. She so, was amazing. So adorable. Like if she like she needs to host the Oscars next year. I would she love was that. So great. So much fun. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed myself because it's the Oscars. Yeah. It's not to enjoy. That's I'm just not. I enjoy the stress. <laughs> I enjoy the sweating. But 
I had some questions mm. and it's it, it stressed me out. Hey, well, you made it through. Yeah, I, I did make it. You through. did. Congratulations to you. Yes. And congratulations to Chloe Zhao, who's had a goddamn great year. Oh, absolutely. I feel like she's earned her flowers and discovered them, even though maybe not in the exact order you would have liked. Yes. But I also loved that this like awards season in general really focused on. Like smaller movies and everything. I've said this in previous podcasts, but she's like, I loved how it's like Chloe Zhao showed up in her little braids and her, her sneakers. sneakers and just like it was in for a time when so many people are probably like, oh, the Hollywood elites. It's just like, right. no, these are just like artists making their shit mm. and doing a good job and like who just have a passion. And so I think she totally represents that. So all the praise goes to her and Emerald Fennel. All right. Just, <laughs> You're yelling it at me. Like I'm, I'm just like, saying shout out to Promising Young Woman. OK, yes. We, love. we did love. We love. Do you have anything else to say about the Oscars before we move on? I mean, a million things, but we got to move we on. We do have to move on. <laughs> um, so next up in News for Idiots, there apparently Elon Musk is hosting SNL mm-hmm. with Miley Cyrus as the musical guest on May 8th. This is confusing for a, a myriad of reasons. Is it just, uh, A, I'm concerned that this is, he's just going by the Donald Trump playbook and is going to be running for president at oh some God. point. Oh, no. Can you think of a war? Like, because people... Listen to like the people that care about him or like care about like his cryptocurrency advice or like all the Tesla technology. Like they think he's the second coming. I truly know nothing about Elon Musk and I'm glad. And that's the way to be. But I just I think he's sneaking up on us. I this feels like he's going to be trying to get in our faces and there's going to be a political run. I I, I just don't. Need this anymore? And it's like when people are doing polls and like, oh, The Rock has this much popularity. I'm like, no, nope. I want us to never do that again. No, and no. I don't know. I think Elon Musk is I just. I just don't understand what are what is the point here? Like, what are you promoting? Test. Like, you're not an actor. You're not a performer. You just want publicity. You want your face in all of our faces so that you're gonna do something to us. I just. I don't trust it, guys. He's gonna do. He's something gonna do to something. Us. I don't trust it. I think he and Grimes and that like. Baby with the zeros and ones in its name should go be happy elsewhere and live with the money. I don't want a political career. I don't want that to normalize him as a pop culture entity so that when like when he runs, people recognize his name. That's just my I just maybe I'm just being paranoid. But like, what else could it be? It is a little paranoid, but like help, we, we I mean, it's warranted. I mean, Hello. look at what just happened like, for the past five years. It's just been absolute hell. And that's the last thing we need again. I, I truly don't know anything about I know he's like had some controversies for the way he treats his like workers. And yeah. I know he's had some like lawsuits and stuff like that, which if that's happened, like that's horrible. Right. I, I don't want to know any more. I other don't than, either. Like, he sells cars and I don't even know what Tesla, what makes them different. Are they like the electronic ones? Yeah. They're like electronic and that's, stuff. That's nice. Save the environment. There's, a, there's just yes, I agree with you. I don't know a lot about Elon Musk, and I would like to it for it to remain that way. Yeah, leave and it I, to like the guys who love like staying on the internet and like drooling over rich men. Yes, rich business, which is you know, let them a thing know for about some Elon people. Musk. Uh, and speaking of celebrities that were scared that they're going to run, a celebrity is actually running, and her name is Caitlyn Jenner. Is mm-hmm. running for the governor of California as a Republican, and it's like. Weren't you supporting Trump until like two years into his presidency? Mm-hmm. Like who I just don't also don't know who is your tar- like who do you think is going to vote for you? Because the liberal people like myself who like on paper, it's like, oh, my gosh, there's going to be a trans governor. That'd be so amazing. But then you see who the trans governor is. It's like, oh, well, she's not it. Like she's like someone referred to her in a tweet or I maybe just in like an MSNBC tweet or something as a trans activist. And I think a trans person like quote tweeted it and was like 
she is not a trans activist because she's not. She's not. She just, I just, and then like the, the announcement was so strange. It was like she's she's talking about like her winning when winning as an Olympian and stuff mm. and being like, oh, oh no, you know, I, I have a history of winning and like this uh, state deserves better than Gavin Newsom and all this stuff. And it's just like, Caitlin, please. Like, what can you do? Like, I'm sure she's very passionate about the stuff she's passionate about. And that's wonderful. But you are you you do not have the experience to do this. No. And at this point, we all want people with experience and who know what they are doing. Right. It's It's like I think it's so funny that you know, the Republicans across the country are like, oh, the Hollywood elites, the Hollywood elites and everything, the, the Hollywood, they all just want us to be like liberal and everything. But I feel like the Republican Party has had the most like celebrity. Oh, for sure. Uh, people holding public office like Ronald Reagan, Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. Donald Trump. It's like Caitlyn Jenner. Like, oh, this is. Uh, yes. this isn't and I like remember Clint Eastwood was even mayor of a city for a, a while. I remember when Obama was running and that was their whole anti-Obama tactic. It's like, do you just want some celebrity? It's like the only reason he's a celebrity is because he's promoting to campaign. Like, it's not like we all knew him as a public figure beforehand. He wasn't an actor or like, you know, a reality personality like Caitlyn. And it's just like also with this family of the Kardashian Jenners, like. Can we not with this? Like, I get it. They want to do whatever they want to do. But like, but at first it was Kanye, even though he's not connected to them anymore. And now this, it's just like, please, no, no one's going to vote for you. I don't need it, Caitlin. Like, please. And the thing is, it doesn't take away from her transness. I'm happy she's trans. I'm happy she's found herself. But it doesn't mean I like you. There are other things she could do that would benefit society far more than doing this. It's, it's, it just makes me sad because I, People will vote for her. I know. I don't foresee her winning. But no, like but people will vote people for her will. just because it's the name recognition and everything. You know what? She is a citizen of the United States. She is allowed to run for whatever public office she deems fit. But I am also allowed to not vote for her if I don't want to vote for her. It's true. And that's what I'm going to do is not vote for her. <laughs> that is my exact plan. Um, and in other news that we must discuss, King of the Early Aughts. <laughs> And I guess the uh, the beginning part of the 2010s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We also saw Charlie St. Cloud. Oh, yeah, we did. Uh, we watched that movie. And what's her name from Orange is the New Black uh, was the star, Taylor Schilling. Oh, That's yes, she was. And, and in the middle of the movie, Matt Palmer was just like, okay, I love Zach, but like, this bitch is acting. <laughs> like, he, was, he was just like, he's like, I am so into this girl. Wait, then, when did we watch this movie together? Oh, like when I, like, I would say in the first year of us living together. Really? Yeah. It was, are you sure it was Charlie St. Cloud? Because I watched that in, oh, not Charlie St. Cloud. Thank What's you. the one, um, oh, it's the romantic Like movie. a notebook. Was it Nicholas Sparks? I, I don't know if it was Nicholas right, Look it up on your it phone while we're like talking. That. But Charlie St. Cloud was about the dead little boy. <laughs> yes, that because that was like that I watched in theaters. I have no memory of what it was about, but like, have I seen a more handsome man on screen ever? No. Zach Efron and Charlie St. Cloud is truly gorgeous. But all that is being to be said. He was the movie tra- I'm thinking of is The Lucky One. Yeah. The Lucky One. I have no memory of that movie. But, but I just remember you screaming at the TV like, she is acting her face off and I am into it. And I just remember being like, okay. I mean, yeah. Like she's but doing hey, a good and job. And then she became a star. She became a star. Orange is the Black. I, can, I have that. I can see when people are going to become stars. Oh my God. What do you see when you look at me? I see a very nice young man. I'll, uh, I'll take it. <laughs> so Zach was trending on Twitter this week because he... Seems to have had, and we don't know, we are not Zach or his doctors, seems to have had some face work done. He looks a bit um, filled up. 
And as I've seen a TikTok that says that they believe that the, from, I believe, a plastic surgeon who said they believe that all of this work is just injectables, so it's not going to stay. But it was just a shocking look from when you like when you have memories of Zac Efron and like neighbors or in high school musical even. It just is. He looks. It makes him look so much older than he is. And like. Be, like be, like uh, beefier. Yes, like, uh, it's like before in a Brad I, Pitt like kind of way because he's a small person. Like yes. he has he his body type. Like we and him probably have the same body type. Right. It's just that he works out. Yes, and I mean, <laughs> and he, I don't. He might have had some assistance in the working. Out I'm sure. Yes, <laughs> yes. But, but like you know, one day I looked at his wrists and I was like, his wrists are tiny, like mine. Mm. Um. So so he has put a lot more work into his body, and I mean, girl, it shows. It looks great. That's <laughs> but, true, know. but it. Uh, I, I I feel bad for him because he I believe has just broken up with his girlfriend who he like moved up to Australia for and like I feel like sometimes when you go through breakups you do things that maybe you wouldn't do normally and I don't know if this was just what he wanted to do and you know he's still a good looking guy it's just it's just a shock it's just a shock I mean here's the thing oh god here we, we can go. talk about his face all we want and like oh my god what happened what happened I still think he looks fucking great like I think he looks great Zach I am single I, give me a call I, think I will be your Taylor Schilling I think he's still straight so I don't know that that's on the table for you but and I'm not saying I am not saying oh my god what do you do what do you do I am very pro if you if you feel better afterwards go get whatever you want done go get nipped and tucked you know oh, I watch the housewives hello absolutely like <laughs> absolutely it was it just is it is a it's a it's a change it's a turn of events I did notice when I saw the picture Okay. okay. So I wish him all the best. If he's going through some heartbreak right now, hopefully. Then I will be there to hold his hand and say, it's going to be okay, baby. Sure. It's going to be okay. Did you read that article about the guy who was complaining about Disney World becoming too woke? I didn't read that article. <laughs> I saw that picture and I was just like, who wrote an article about this random guy? He based, well, no, it was an op-ed. So he like sent the article in. Oh, yes. who published it? The Orlando Sentinel. Because he said, he's warning them that if Disneyland keeps going down this path of wokeness because he's a conservative Christian and doesn't believe any changes that are being made because uh, people find their depictions to be racist Mm -hmm. are just taking away from the experience. I go to have an immersive experience and if these people in the costumes are allowed to show their arm tattoos that takes me out of it and I just can never come back to Disney World again. My family comes every year but now that they're taking things away and changing things about like the Song of the South ride I just it just reminds me of the politics and I want this to be a politics free zone and it's like sweetie. You know what? It's good to have a hobby. <laughs> and I'm glad he's got one. Is this? And the hobby is writing op eds about right, Disney World? Right, I mean, it's, it's just like, if this is the worst thing happening in your life, I know. Like, come on. What? A, and he's like, um, we go to Disney World. I mean, World. I literally just like complained about the, the, <laughs> the intricacies of the details of the Oscar ceremony true. for 15 minutes without breathing. That's true. <laughs> but you know, that's important. That's important <laughs> to some people. But uh, I just, it just is an odd stance to really take and be like, if you love Disney, then I, I just don't imagine that the changes that are being made to be more inclusive and not feel like you're at a place that is racially attacking you, that those changes being made are like more of a detriment to you than the racist depictions were uh, a detriment to the people that were offended. Like, yeah. I don't see how you are the victim in this scenario. Yeah, I, I don't get people just long for their childhood. They really just long for the nostalgia. And it's like, but it's mostly there. They're just yeah, less racist things that's around. The, and that's the thing. Like, it's 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 not 
changing it's for not. And the thing is, like, if you want to watch the song of the South, <laughs> I'm sure it's on YouTube I or mean, something. You can find it somewhere. I'm, I'm sure, sure you can find it somewhere. Go in your like dark little room and watch it. And is it really it worth all that? No. Like, doing all of this. I will say, I watched a clip of uh, Maureen McGovern in like the early '90s singing a rendition of Zippity Doo Dah, and it's the most iconic thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh man, it's a shame this song was canceled because this is. An incredible performance because it's so bizarre, but that's very much beside the point. I guess so. I just, I just want everyone to think of people outside of themselves every once in a while. That's I, what I want. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I wish him the best. I wish him the best. <laughs> um, lastly, uh, the Derek Chauvin trial uh, ended this past week, and it actually went the correct way and uh he was charged with all three counts and convicted of all three counts and so i don't know if they have said how long he's going to be joint going to jail have no they? a sentence hasn't been um you know given yet yeah but um, i mean i didn't watch the trial all the way through because it was just like i don't need to I get so angry and like so upset at this kind of thing. I don't need to be like inviting this trauma into my day if I can help it. Uh, but the fact that we were all so surprised when it was so, like there's an eight minute video of this man killing another person and we were it's, all it's so nine. surprised. Oh, nine, excuse nine. me. It's like nine something. So surprised that uh, he actually, you know, was found guilty. It's just like that's this is. Yeah, it, it's a shame that we, you know, were so nervous about it. I, I was, I was optimistic about it. I mean, there was so much evidence right. against him, and and they really took their time in presenting all of that evidence. And the fact that I think it was three police officers testified yeah. against him, and were like, "This is not protocol. This is right. not what we are trained to do." So he actively did what we are not trained to mm. do. So the fact that, the fact that I think they call it like the blue wall, where like police officers don't testify against other police officers that right. was finally broken That's amazing. with this case i think that is amazing and uh, you know who knows what the sentencing will be i i hope it's a long long time oh my gosh but for now like it was a good chance for everyone to breathe and be like you know what there is hope for the future i know and the thing is you say this and i feel this as well but then as this verdict is reached, there in the past week there have been mm-hmm. how many more police murders of black people? It's just I like think the guy at the Oscars said three a day. Yeah, that's yeah. Trayvon Free. He won for Two Distant Strangers, and yes, it's just three. It just happens so often. But to even have a glimmer of hope feels like a big step because for so long there's so many of these cases that felt as high profile and like involved like children, you know mm-hmm. I, that people were not found guilty and cops got off. And so the fact that someone was finally held accountable for murdering a black person is just sadly a sigh of relief. Uh, I think what statistics did I see where it was like since 2005, like 16,000 people died at the hands of police and only like eight or seven like police officers were convicted out of all that. Like, I don't know if that statistics correct, but like, Yikes! 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 It's insane. And the the most amazing thing was that day, like the Tommy Lorenz of the world were like, "Oh, so like, are we not? We're not gonna ride, right? We're not gonna like ride." And 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 insinuating that, oh, if it's a not guilty um, uh, uh, verdict, yeah, that oh, I bet you people will still riot because that's what they do. And it's it's like, guess what? Guess what, bitch? They didn't. It's just also it like, was a wonderful day. It also is like. You, 
I don't even know what fight you're fighting right now, mm-hmm. Tommy Lauren. Like black people are breathing a sigh of relief because someone was convicted who was on camera killing someone who looked like them. They're fighting and a fight to get likes and attention. I know that, and I don't engage with her obviously, and I, I I understand that that's all what it's for, but it's like that even the concept of that doesn't make sense. Like if you were a conservative person following her, that tweet. How does that make you feel like, yeah, that poor cop? Like, I just, I can't wrap my head around how you make the murderer the victim in this situation. I just can't do it. Yeah, I and, and you see, like, the memes of, like, oh, this is going to be a hard time for police officers today. Keep them in your pairs. And it's like, guess what? It happened. Every police officer was fine. Yeah. They they were fine. Nothing happened to them. Like, only a murderer got hopefully sent to jail for a long time and I hope this happens to the people who killed Breonna Taylor. I just, it's just, uh, there's just so many names that you can't even begin listing it off. Uh, but it's, it was honestly a nice little ray of hope that like maybe slowly things will change. It just has taken so long to get this tiny little step that yeah. it does feel like a sigh of relief. Yeah. I mean, things move forward and very so, slowly. Very slowly. Madonna told us time goes by. So, so slowly. slowly. In a very fast paced way, she told us. She did. Thank God. Oh. So at times like this, you need a good dance you album. You do. You need a good uh, comeback from, Man. from a, a gay icon. That was an album, wasn't it? <laughs> Confessions on a dance floor. No joke. Um, okay, well, let's take a quick break and then we will be back with more 2K Mats podcast. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, we're back. Yes, we are. And I'm still out of breath from the Oscar <laughs> But that's okay because we are on to email my heart. This yes. is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of email my heart if you email us at twogaymats at gmail.com to spelled T-W-O. So this question comes to us from our buddy Bruno from hey, Bruno. Brazil. And the subject line is pop your bubble. Uh, hi, Mats. Let's get serious for a minute. So, I was listening to you guys talking about Bill Maher and Sharon Osbourne and got me thinking, was she canceled or not? But I guess the question we must ask ourselves is, should she be canceled for what she said? I agree with you guys. It's annoying that people like her don't make any effort to educate themselves. But after Trump won the 2016 U.S. election, I started to look at the world as it is instead of what it should be. Not a fun thing to do, but it prepared me for my Trump president that Brazil elected in 2018. And going back to Big Brother Brazil two weeks ago... A guy was voted out because he, he made racist comments, but he got a million followers afterwards. Yes, he was kicked out, but he didn't lose. In fact, the song he released when he entered the show is at number one right now. My point is, sometimes we give... Song these- he released? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he released a song. Okay. Um, and... So he says, my point is sometimes we give these people a bigger platform than when we take one. Look at that Gina person from Star Wars Mandalorian. I didn't know who she was before she was fired, but now I see her everywhere as a token for cancel culture. I guess I'm too aware, but what I'm saying is I don't don't think the problem was solved just because you're not seeing it anymore. These people only grow stronger in the dark. 
Anyway, not that any of us have the answer, but my question is, how should we handle this situation knowing that nobody really gets canceled? P.S. Sorry for this loaded email. Mm. I mean, we go deep on two game ads. And it's Oscar Sunday, so we are (laughs) going deep like Janet Jackson wanted us to do. Well... Yeah, I kind of feel like you answered your own question there at the yeah. end, right? Like, people don't get canceled. That's and Cancel culture isn't real. And sh- yes, uh, I believe you should still keep fighting and keep wanting to deplatform people that are doing things that aren't just like, oh, I don't agree with it, but that are actually making the world worse. I absolutely think you should vote off a racist from a television show if they shouldn't be able to be on television longer. Like, sure, it'll rile up a fan base of people that hate others and want things to be like they were when people were segregated or when black people were looked down upon or, you know, homophobes or whatever. But if the options are, oh, I'm just going to like kind of sit quietly and let this uh, problematic person be in front of millions and millions of people all the time, or I'm going to get loud, get them deplatformed, and like they'll have their own little group of people following them. I'd pick the second one. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Bruno answered the question. Like, there really isn't an answer because, sure, it's like, it's like, sure, you know, we we can't let these these people like go for like we can't let this guy be a racist like on TV like right. that's horrible. But it's but also like. Is it hard to is is it a problem that we are like giving these people a platform by talk like what how does someone fade away quicker by not talking about them or by talking about I them? don't think it's I don't think the answer is ever not talk about it okay I don't believe that like oh let's ignore it and it'll go away I don't think that ever works it just is going to inspire more people to be homophobes and racists and be like well we're not going to get any backlash no give them the backlash they no one gets canceled no one's going to like. Sharon Osbourne left that show with 10 million more dollars like Mm -hmm. she's fine Uh, and if you think someone shouldn't have the huge platform that they do be loud about it say I don't agree with that they shouldn't be here and they can have their loud in the dark moments I'm not Gina is doing a movie that Ben Shapiro wrote like this woman's (laughs) career is not going great like I don't think she's become this huge celeb like she's doing ridiculous conservative like I assume at home to straight to DVD movies now like it's mm. I, I, I I don't I don't think that let's mm. be quiet is gonna do it yeah I, I agree like no one should be when something is like actively wrong no one should be quiet right but the, to play off of that it's kind of like well but will that make all the conservatives like only consume that content and will that like separate people like even more that sounds like a them problem <laughs> I don't know what they want to do. I can't argue do. with that. I can't. I just, that's not uh, of my concern. And, and it's it's kind of like, I don't know if like the responsibility is like on us to like make sure that doesn't happen. Or like on like me individually to make sure that doesn't what, happen. That, yeah, I can't control, you can't control what conservative peoples consume. Well, like, because they're, they're like people who believe staunchly like different things than you, like a lot of times they're going to believe what they're going to believe. They're, they're going to right. seek out these people who automatically believe what they already believe. Right. And they're just going to believe them no matter what. Yeah. So it's, it's very, very hard to change hearts. So I think it's very good to focus on changing policy and thereby changing society to then evolve with it. Right. With the policy that goes with it. I'm very big on like policy is great. <laughs> like policy changes are great and very much a way to go because it's kind of like, in a free country like this, it's like, what else can like really be done? Right. You know, it's it's the law. We are a nation of laws. And yeah. It's good to change the law and the nation will go with it. So. Yeah. So I think that should be a big focus when thinking about this kind of stuff. Um, OK, so next question comes from Rebecca. Rebecca says, big time comeback. 
Hey, Matt, after having spent many a day on TikTok, I've realized that ever since the Nickelodeon show Big Time Rush was put on Netflix, people can't seem to stop talking about the boy band of the same name, Big Time Rush, on the platform. Since it's become a trending topic within the past few weeks, I was wondering if you guys have any opinions surrounding Big Time Rush or would be open to forming one after having explored their discography for either the podcast, YouTube, or for private listening leisure. Many people like myself who grew up watching the show and listening to their music claim that their debut album is nearly perfect or a or a no-skip album. Despite being a fan, I think these statements are a bit hyperbolized. <laughs> hyperbolized. That's funny. Did I put the right emphasis on the wrong syllable? Hyperbolized for nostalgia's sake. That being said, I'm still curious about your guys' stance. Well, Rebecca, you are in luck, girl, because... <laughs> Half of the two gay mats is the big time rush discography. Oh, well, I don't think that's right. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, wrote a song for them uh, for their second album. It was the iTunes bonus track, which was annoying, but it's called... Blow Your Speakers. I was like, oh my what God. was it called? You forgot the, own name, the name of your own song. It was called Blow Your Speakers. It's on uh, the special edition of their uh, second album, Elevate. It was in their television episode called Big Time Superheroes. I still get money from that to this day, which we love. Um, and I was in the studio with them when they recorded it. They were all very nice. And, um, you know, we were able to divide up the song. And, like, they'd heard my demo a lot. And I was like, oh, from what I'm hearing, you should sing this part. You should sing this part. You should sing that part. They worked really hard. I think they were working on another song at the exact same time as I was and I need to go back and re-listen to their other music because I remember when uh, they first were going to do the song I, I did listen to their earlier music just to be, get an idea of who they were and what they sounded like but uh, I have not been in touch with them since and I don't know that I've watched another episode of the show besides the one that my song was in <laughs> but I'd be open to hearing more of them you know I I, I am still championing uh, Blow Your Speakers to be on streaming because it's annoying that it's not mm. and I'm also annoyed you know just on my personal opinion Mike, the chorus of my song goes, uh, so hop in your ride, roll your windows down. They then put out a new version of that album, Elevate, uh, like a year later, with the song called Windows Down as the single. Huh. And I was like, huh. 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 I've heard them Call say that. Them out. I've heard them say that before. It's so weird. <laughs> it just, it no, also, no, we stand Big Time Rush. Look, we stand Big Time Rush. I'm so glad that they sang a song of mine. Um, But I, and it seems like they're all very nice guys. And it seems like, I feel like it's a nostalgic time. People are coming back together left and right. It seems like if there's no bad blood there, they should be able to do at least like some, a tour or something when things open back up again right why not and they need why to not? feature blow your speakers hey. on that tour and have you come on singing i mean i'd love to singing some of the background vocals <laughs> i mean i would i would absolutely love well, to. well guys i've heard this song many a time and it mm. absolutely slaps because matt palmer's music absolutely slaps yes. new new uh song available next week yes uh, available friday this week my only connection with big time rush besides through matt palmer uh, is i did grease live with carlos Oh, yeah, yeah. And by I did Grease Live, I mean I was an extra. I was <laughs> student number 16, and he was, you know, a part. I, I forget what it. part he played. Um, <laughs> but he seemed nice. That's great. You know. Um, but then I came home, and Matt Palmer was like, you didn't tell me the guy from Big Time Rush. Like, yeah. Like, he, was, he was really nice in the studio. That, so I was like, oh, my God, you're Buds. I should have, like, walked up to him and been like, hey, but, I know Matt Buds Palmer. is strong. <laughs> <laughs> he has sung my song before. He did a lovely job. He was honored to sing your song. Oh, I mean, it is an honor. It's a classic. It is an honor. It's a classic. That was Classic. I, that was a classic. Blow your spe- <laughs> just blow your speakers, not blow your speakers out. No, it's just blow your speakers. Blow your speakers. We yes. love a short title. You know, I don't need an out. Yes. No. Just blow your speakers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Matt Steele, what's been giving you moments, darling? So this giving you moments is going to be really triggering for Matt Palmer. Oh God, here we go. What is so, it? So if any of you are uh, patrons 
you might remember, I've been patrons for a long time. One of our first like bonus Patreon videos was Matt Palmer reacting to the Turning Point documentary of Broadway's search for the next Annie. Oh my that God. That aired in 1997 and it documented Broadway's search for the next Annie and it, it turned Matt Palmer off. <sighs> Matt Palmer now refuses to consume any Annie It's evil. Those people ever. were evil. No, they... Well, they... I, N- not really the people shown Except for the music director <laughs> <laughs> But Martin Sharn According to everyone And in, according to this person Who I'm about to talk about Is one Well was He passed away this past year But mm. was one of the nicest men Like people describe him as Okay um, The producers I'm sure Sucked Monsters <laughs> um, So in It's like a, a 45 minute documentary uh, just going through all these little girls and showing the casting process. And I think it's fine and really exciting and amazing. And I'm jealous of all these little girls. But Matt Palmer was disgusted by these it. These are children. It's, it's about children in show business. So, like, if you weren't a child in show business, you're like outraged by it. It's horrifying. As a, as a little child actor myself, I'm like, yeah, this is what it was like. <laughs> oh my God. Um, like, they treated you like cattle. And, you know, when you, they couldn't use you anymore, they disposed of you. It's fine. It's oh, show business, darling. Oh, Sometimes, God. you know, you got to screw people over. Sometimes you got to present best picture early <laughs> to give the big wow moment um but anyway so there's an epilogue to that documentary mm. and it, a, a girl by the name of joanna pasidi uh got the role of annie and then mm. there's an epilogue that aired a couple months later that was all about how before the show made it to broadway when they were still on tour their pre-broadway tryout they fired joanna pasidi and it was a giant it scandal was a on child it was a giant scandal in the 90s and it gave the show such bad press that like when it opens like it closed pretty quickly um and they replaced her with another girl another girl who wasn't even her understudy a girl mm. who was just like an, another orphan and they were just like let's try to just uh like uh, rehearse her for the role to see if we like her. This is what the producer said. And so Joanna Basidi went on to uh, record an album. She has a song on the Legally Blonde soundtrack. It's the song during the montage when she's like buying the computer and stuff. Mm. Amazing, amazing voice. She was on season eight of American Idol. And Wait, didn't she sing a song that Britney Spears covered or like she was the first person to sing out from, out from under. under? Yes. And then that was on her album and the, or no, that was on the Bratz album. OK, she's the original singer of that. And then the song went and then Britney Spears uh, did the song. Of course. Yes. So Joanna Basit is the original singer of out from under. And then she auditioned for season eight of American Idol. Famously, like, made it through Hollywood, got to the semifinals and she was considered one of the front runners because her voice is amazing. Mm. And then the producers like said, oh, the public found out that she had once had a record deal. Mm. And the producers were just like, we can't have that because it makes you seem like you're not like amateur enough or whatever. Even though she was like, I gave you all of my materials mm. beforehand and you said it was OK. So she was disqualified she's from American this Idol. This poor like, woman. This poor woman. But now she's doing great. Her husband's real cute. Right. And, you know, she's got some she uh, is pregnant right now. She has a, a little daughter and she's pregnant again right now with a boy. And I know this because, A, I follow her on Instagram, and B, because uh, I just started listening to a podcast called Little Me Growing Up Broadway, uh, hosted by a guy named Mark Tuminelli. And it is about young actor, like child actors, Mm -hmm. and he interviews them, um, and like they're grown up now and everything. And of course, like what more famous scandal about a child actor on Broadway happened than Joanna Pasidi in this Annie story. So after decades of 
not having like a platform to talk about this, Joanna yeah. Pasidi went on the podcast and talked all about it. What'd she about- say? It was a, she was so nice about it. Like she seems like a really cool girl, like girl down to earth and was just very kind of chill about it all. And, and she very much acknowledges like, you know, I was so young that I didn't really, I wasn't able really to process mm. what was happening. And so, but she was just talking about how, she had gotten sick with bronchitis during the tour, and mm. so she took a certain amount of time off. And then during the tour, she had heard rumors from other cast members that they were rehearsing not the understudy to go on for her, but one of the uh, orphans named Brittany Kissinger, who was a lot younger, mm. uh, to go on. And she went on for a performance to like test her out. So she was like hearing rumors of that. And then she got a fax saying um, that... We're changing your offer to share the role of Annie and you don't get to be the opening night Annie on Broadway. Instead, you'll probably, I, I imagine it's like, mm. you'll be the matinee Annie. Mm. And and so her, she and her family and like her representation were just like, no, this is not what she got. Like, yeah. This is not what was offered to her. This is horribly unfair. Like she's supposed to open as Broadway's next Annie. Right. They weren't able to reach an agreement. Obviously, you know, she left the show, but all of the papers were saying she was fired. She was fired and it was so dramatic. And she just is going into the story about how the cast, I think like they were told that if they reach out to her afterwards, that they would be fired. Jesus like, Christ. And, and she was like, it was really devastating because like, these were all my friends. Like Brittany, the girl who replaced me was my friend. Mm. Like we were little girls and we were friends. I was friends with all of them. And it's heartbreaking. It's, it's just so crazy. But it was nice to know she she very much was taking it in stride and everything. And I'm like, oh good, she's she's enjoying her life. <laughs> like I'm, I'm so happy. And I'm just trying to figure out a way to get her on Broadway again. Like, let's go. Girl, pop that baby out. <laughs> I'm sure you still got that voice. But um they and they kind of talk about it a little. They're they're kind of like I think Mark more so talks about it. The host, he says like maybe they've a, a bigger Annie. Cause Joanna was like 11, 12 at the time. So yeah. she was kind of like a big, like tall Annie. Yeah. Um, which Andrew McArdle, the original Annie was, you know, a bigger Annie. And so she, they imagine that the producers felt that like an older Annie might've worked in the seventies for like a seventies audience, but not so much a nineties audience. Mm. Like in nineties, everyone was about little and cute. Mm. and everything so they were like maybe we need to do Annie younger um and so it was very much like the producer's decision to say no we want a younger Annie mm. um and I, it, it was just very refreshing to hear Joanna talk about it because it is a scandal that has kept me up many a night <laughs> and Mark you know it's such a great podcast so shout out to him I'm, I'll be listening to more episodes and it was it was it was a listen and I was just in my car my heart was pounding I'm glad she's okay <laughs> she's doing great she looks great it's like <sighs> Gosh. You're doing great. What they did. This, oh, if you watch that thing. Oh, oh, you need to watch. If you have not watched, just YouTube, Turning Point, search for Annie. Have, and have the best hour Have No, best. Have <laughs> tissues close by. Note that it will show you that humanity is garbage. Because <laughs> that is the moral of the story. As soon as you get the epilogue and they interview her again. Oh, and she's like, crying. And she's like, it's not going to be me, Annie, no more. We it's have not going to be, it's not gonna be me in that red dress coming down that stairs. Iconic. Iconic. I performed that monologue at auditions. What an awful I, <laughs> thing to do to a little girl. I know. I know. I, oh, yeah. You, well, I know. I know. Well, it's great she, TV, though. She's doing. She's doing. I mean, the thing is, I remember going online and I bought that turning point. I remember going on like ABC.com mm. and buying 
that VHS of that episode of Turning Point and wearing it out. And it's so funny because he was like, do you watch that? Like, do you watch it over? And she's like, I watched it again for the first time in like four, like decades. And my, I just sat down and watched it with my husband for the first mm. time to like prepare for this because my husband had never seen it. And right. I'm just like, what? I watch it at least <laughs> three times a year. Like, <laughs> like this is regular viewing for me. I can imagine she wouldn't want to watch it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like truly, she knows how it ends. Yeah, let's take a break. I mean, her husband must not be a musical theater man because I, if I was married to Joanna Pasidi, I'd be like, girl, I'm, I want to watch this with I you. I feel like there's a lot of imagining we have to do to get you married to Miss Pasidi. <laughs> I'm going to say. Um, so I have been very busy preparing for the new single release and new album release, so I haven't really been consuming new content, but I do want to give a shout out to a show that in the past I probably have talked shit about, maybe not to you, but... The the show on Bravo entitled Summer House began as like kind of a quasi Vanderpump Rules spinoff. They were trying to do younger people in New York City who all rented out a summer house in the Hamptons every summer. And so the show would be basically like, oh, we'll show like clips of them at their jobs during the week. But basically on the weekend, they come to the summer house in the Hamptons and they party. And like the first few seasons, they had some casting issues. There were these two twins, the Workus twins, who were tough. They just were just tough people. <laughs> and uh, they they basically had a big... The first two seasons of the show are not great. It's like if you want to be a completist, you should watch them just to see Carl and Kyle and Amanda and how they started and where they are now. But the show really gets good in season three when they take out the Workers Twins and they replace them with uh, this girl Paige and this girl Hannah. Hannah is... At the time, very relatable. She's not. She kind of uh, was a tele, not really like an online personality person. Like she'd be interviewing some of these housewives on like the Betches website. I think is what it is. And so she just was very funny to watch on camera and like really good in confessionals. And Paige was sassy and also funny, but like less of like a stand up like Hannah was. The show has been getting progressively better since season three. Season four was excellent, but season five, which is currently airing. They had to film it in COVID. And the issue with a lot of these Bravo shows right now is when you have to film in COVID, it's like, oh, we have to just like drive to the shore for our year long vacation because we can't do anything. And like, we're all kind of wearing masks, but kind of not. And we're all meeting outside all the time. And like, it just is awkward and it feels like it starts and stops. And there are just some issues with Summer House. They're like, you know what? Fuck this whole New York and traveling to the house thing. You're all getting tested and you're all staying in this house and you can't leave. Perfect. It is so good. It is the best. Like, I never thought I would say these words, but it's the best show on Bravo. Mm. These people are insane, but like, but still fun and relatable, except for Hannah has become the biggest villain. I think of, I've seen in a long time on one of these shows, truly. She basically spends the first half of the season pining after this guy Luke who she said led her on and like they were kind of dating in the the last summer during the summer house and then she was going to try to start things up again and he's basically like no like we are just friends Hannah like we were never dating she like blows up and you're like oh my god I can't believe Luke did this to Hannah he's been gaslighting her he's been gaslighting her then in like several weeks later she's like oh also I was talking to this guy before I came to the summer house and like I think I really like him and I'm going to invite him to the house and it just was like oh but I thought you were into Luke. He comes to the house 
She does not talk to anyone else in the summer house anymore. She just talks to Des is his name. He's 44 to her 29. Uh, They sit down and like they're all the the whole cast is having uh, dinner or something. And everyone's like, oh, so is this the first time you've like been face to face really? Like have you just been um, FaceTiming to like keep the spark alive or whatever? And he's like, well, on our first date, like, yeah, we didn't even kiss. But then second date, we fucked. (laughs) What? And everyone's and. You're looking like Hannah. You're going to freak out, right? And she's just kind of like coyly smiling. And it's like, wait. And then Luke, they cut to Luke. And they're like, but I thought I was leading her on at the beginning of the summer. Huh? That's what Hannah said, isn't it? Then everyone goes out to the water. And uh, they decide to stay at the house or whatever because they hadn't been around each other. They, she get, quote unquote gives him a tour of the summer house. Meaning they have sex in every single room, including the guy, like the guy that she has gotten in fights with, this guy Kyle. She has sex in his bathroom and never tells him. Wait, every room, just in this one instance where they're all out? Yes, I mean, I don't know what, how much sex, what areas of sex we're talking about, but they're like naked and you're hearing the noises. In every room? The laundry room, this guy's bathroom. I mean, that could just be like, this could be like a series of multiple times. No, because he does tells a different cast member later on. It's like, oh yeah, like we did this in Kyle Amanda's bathroom. Oh yeah. That's when that's when this specific time. Yes. How long were they out? No one had to go in to pee. No, they were like out on a boat, like for a while. Oh, yes. they were like they like a filming a whole different scene. Location. Yes. Well, I mean, it's always nice when you have a place to yourself. I'm telling <laughs> you, I and the fact that they ended the season without it being revealed to Kyle and Amanda that Hannah had had sex in their bathroom, like on their bathroom counter, like that to me is so Ooh, disgusting. Like yeah. that's where I brush my teeth. Yeah. She and but they, also like it's disgusting for you, the one having sex, because like know. who knows what's on that sink? Exactly. When was the last time a Clorox wipe wiped along that sink? Surface? I am. So, the thing is, none of this gets resolved by the end of the season. Like this was like two episodes before the end. The, she tells one other person. She tells her friend Paige. Paige is like, I'll never tell. She doesn't tell. But now they've all watched the show, and the reunion starts this week. And I'm like, I can't. They're going to get this this girl is going to have to either apologize like her life depends on it or she has to be off the show off the show completely because it's like you're not you you would never treat a friend like that and the whole conceit of the show is like oh we're a bunch of friends who rent a storehouse and blah 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 and it's also awkward because she is on a separate bravo show called bravo chat room so you would think she'd be getting a good edit on the show because it seems like the network is invested in her as a personality Mm -hmm. so she's kind of like on a round table show that's shot digitally but are you going to fire her from Summer House and keep her on chat room? Are you going to fire her from both the shows? Like, I just don't see a way that she is still on Summer House. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the reunion, she'll make a big apology and people will forgive her. But like, she is the most hated person in this house. And I just, I just, and she loves to double down. She never apologizes. And it's like, it's going to be tough. Well, that's great TV. I'm, oh, I'm <laughs> like, so excited just to see what like happens. It like, is, all the this thing sounds is, like fun. And it's just so crazy because for so long it was like, oh my God, Summer House is like Vanderpump Rules' ugly stepchild. And now Vanderpump Rules has gone down the fucking shitter. And Summer House has risen from the ashes. It's, it's great. Sometimes you rise. Sometimes you're Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> and you just peek at It's true. The, you right, peek at the right time. You surge at the right time. Uh, Yoo Jung-yoon. Peaked at the right time. Uh, I need them to keep Summer House in, like, that they're locked in the house for six weeks. Like, I don't, I even post-COVID, I don't want them going back to the city. Like, we don't need to film them two days a week. 
No. Two days a week. That's, that's what all they, they record? Yes. They, that's what seasons before. They would just film them in the house on the weekends. Oh, like, that's no. awful. No, this is you so much You can't have a show where you you need to be filming every yes. day. Yes, you need to be on top Especially if of they're living other. together. Yes. Like, the reason why you shoot two days a week for Housewives is because they're not all living together. <laughs> exactly. But no, like, if they are living together... Yes. You need to be there all. Well, I mean, the other five days they would be in the city, not living together. Yeah, but, but like, now, they're all, now they're all now together, they're all together, together so all the time. Better. So why didn't they change the? Oh yeah. no, they no, they're filming all the time now. But oh, I'm okay. saying before, I, about, I thought they didn't. No, 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 like, no. Oh. And now, but I'm just saying, in future seasons post COVID, I need it to be set up this way, where they're locked in that Hamptons house, working from there, living from there. Partying from there. When you told me that it, that wasn't the case originally, I was like, "That's stupid." It's very stupid. I was like, "That's that's not exciting at no. all." Like, it should just document like a period of time where they're all living together that's, for. Yes. Like, I don't understand why that wasn't originally I the know. case. But I mean, nature heals itself. <laughs> nature works itself nature out. Has, the things that are supposed to happen happen. That's true. Ah, uh, so I'm thankful for summer else this week, and I'm thankful for all of you. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week with more two game nuts. Bye, guys. Love you forever.